0: You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, a UK-based podcast written by a passenger
1: for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carl Stebbings and Matt Smith. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 106 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and not in the Conservatory studio again this week because he is still sunning himself by the pool Drinking margaritas and cocktails and, you know, lounging around at the beach and all the other stuff that he does on holiday, is my co-host Matt. So, welcome onto the show, Matt. Good morning, good morning. Uh, Welcome Welcome to what I can only describe as the most beautiful
0: Loctay. We've actually left the house for this week's show, and I'm actually... uh, sat by the lock, as you can probably just about see in the background yeah we could, we can see a tree so that's
1: quite good you can see so, a tree <laughs>
0: <laughs> right don't need to be like that is there uh, no no we can here okay. we
1: go he's gonna he's gonna oh there we go for those of you there we go the how's, chat, how's for those that you look? in the chat room you can see uh actually that's a go. lot
0: that's a lot nicer than a picture of me isn't it there we go that
1: well, looks lovely so i'm guessing it's quite nice it's, an, it's a nice morning up there in scotland <laughs>
0: It certainly is. In fact, actually, I was a little bit nervous because yesterday it was sort of very wet and rainy, uh, so I was a little bit nervous about what it was going to got this grand plan about sitting by the lock to do the show and thinking, I haven't got an umbrella, so this could end really badly and with a cloud of smoke coming out of my laptop, but uh, so far, um, the only thing I'm a bit nervous about is because the weather is prone to changing rather quickly here, Um, so whilst it is glorious at the moment, you could give it ten minutes and it could be cold, wet and rainy in no time, so uh, fingers crossed that it stays dry. So if I disappear all of a sudden you'll know that i've had to run
1: inside <laughs> no it'll be fine it'll be fine trust me you can you can run in the studio with everything in your hand you'll it'll be it'll be absolutely fine so yeah, we, did, I, i'm not
0: i'm not sure if you're quite quite realize how far away from uh, where i was last week right and now, you didn't bring bit, an umbrella
1: but... <laughs> i thought you'd bring oh an i don't know indeed so the uh, it is the uh, 2nd of april And it's uh, just gone half past nine in the morning here in the UK. We're starting a little bit early today because we have got uh, I've got a dash off rather swiftly today. Um, But uh, we didn't want to miss out on bringing you guys a show in the chat room. uh, We've got uh, the main man. Micah is in the chat room. He's uh, got up extremely early after uh, having no sleep at all to join us in the (laughs) chat room. Wow. Uh, we've got Graham Haley. He's in the chat room as well, and uh, a new uh, chat, uh, listener in the chat room. We've got Ariel on as well uh, in the chat room from Israel. Uh, so, cool. good morning to you, Ariel. So, oh, and Ray Davis is also Ray, Ray has just joined us in the chat room. So, good morning to you, Ray.
0: What, to, what time? Is it, what time is it there? In, in is it is it Aussies in
1: or is it yeah. New Zealand? Yeah. What's Never the, what's really the time there, Ray? What's the time? <laughs> Uh, Myla, Myla is in the chat room Good morning to you Myla uh, The lovely Myla is in the chat room So uh, good morning to you I expect she's just, she's just, aw- she's just awoken as well I expect yeah. all to join us in the chat room Which is nice Honestly, the silly English with their daft time zones. I mean, honestly. Oh. <laughs> Hold on, I've got a shaky camera here. Hold on, Matt. There we go. So, we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So, if you're ready up there in sunny Scotland. Yes, yes, very much so. Let's do this. Let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story, and it's on the Telegraph website. God, that sound is awesome from behind you, Matt, with this, but it's not put me off at all. <laughs> okay, um, okay. The first news story is on the Telegraph website, and uh, the headline, Violent passenger arrested after doing yoga and meditating on a plane so uh the uh, japan-bound airplane returned to hawaii because of a violent passenger who wanted to do yoga instead of sit in his seat (laughs) the pilot uh, of the uh, 26th of march united airlines flight from honolulu international airport to narita international airport turned the plane around after hearing that uh pai was yelling at crew members and shoving his wife uh, the FBI said in a criminal complaint Mr. Pai told the FBI that he didn't want to sit in his seat during the meal service so he went to the back of the plane to do yoga and meditate he became angry when his wife and flight attendants told him to return to his seat pai pushed his wife and said he was trying to make uh, she was trying to make him stop the complaint said he felt that she was uh, siding with the flight crew he tried to headbutt and bite the marines who were passengers on the flight and tried to force uh, that tried to force him back into his seat. Uh, Darren Ching, assistant US attorney, said that Mr. Pai's detention hearing is on when or was on Wednesday. Uh, according to the complaint, he threatened to kill passengers and was yelling that there is no god. Uh, Mr. Pai went into a rage because he felt that flight crew were ordering him around. Uh, Mr. Ching said that Mr. Pei shouldn't uh, shouldn't be released because he's a danger to his wife and to others. Uh, Mr. Pei urinated on himself and was uh, on a suicide watch at the Honolulu Federal Detention Centre, Mr. Ching said. Uh, the US magistrate judge uh, ordered that Mr. Pei be released on a $25,000 uh, bond, uh, but with certain conditions, including not leaving uh, the island of Achao, and undergoing mental health evaluation. And, uh, well, this is, uh, must have been a rather interesting flight to be on, Matt, uh, for sure. It's a very, very, um, very
0: bizarre story. I mean, I, I, I wasn't aware that one was allowed to sort of leave your seat and go and do yoga at the back of the aeroplane. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever known
1: that to be okay. So why are you surprised that the... Uh, aircrew have kicked off? I don't know. I mean, we hear about people being kicked off flights because of uh, alcohol consumption, but uh, yeah. not, not normally because they're doing yoga. Not because of extreme yoga, yes. Yeah. I, I, th- I think uh, the,
0: uh, I'd be fascinated to read the report on his psychiatric analysis. Uh,
1: <laughs> you do worry a little bit that there's something not quite right there, is there? Uh, I don't know. Perhaps he, uh, he was told he was going to be put onto a Ryanair flight, so the yoga was no. a way of calming, I don't know. stop it stop it anyway on that particular
0: bombshell it's time to move on to the next story and oh surprise surprise it is a Ryanair story Uh, second story and me always seems to be that it is uh, on flight global and the headline is interiors Ryanair's passenger experience journey Europe's largest short haul airline Ryanair was uh, once a byword for cheap fares and indifferent customer service it's extensive route network often provided the only direct overseas uh, air link to and from towns in distant corners of the continent, and its services were nothing if not punctual. While fares could be jaw-droppingly inexpensive, uh, but from penalties to failing uh, for failing uh, to print off your boarding pass to uh, disabled passengers having to pay for wheelchairs, passengers could find Ryanair experiencing very taxing. At times, the low-cost carrier seems to display uh, something close to contempt for its customers and the service traditions of the sector in a struggle to keep its cost base and prices very low. All that started to change a couple of years ago, long-serving chief executive Michael O'Leary, who once scorned middle-class British second home home owners who were loyal customers on flights to France and the Mediterranean, initiated a brand makeover at the airline aimed at replacing its cheap and nasty image with uh, one that was, uh, in his words, cheap and cheerful. Ryanair shed its uh, most unpopular charges, uh, its advertising adopted a softer tone, and O'Leary himself appeared to have taken a charm course. In addition, Ryanair bought into a flexible With Frills Business Plus service for corporate travellers, a market rival EasyJet, had begun to tap successfully. This upgrade effort is now being, uh, is now beginning to be seen in the airline's IFE. As What's IFE? Do we know what IFE
1: is? In-flight uh, entertainment...
0: Oh, Mm. Oh, as Ryanair tries to keep pace with its competitors and the pioneering technology they have started to introduce. The airline is not new, of course, to the world of in-flight entertainment and connectivity, briefly trialling pay-per-use entertainment consoles in the pre-tablet mid-2000s. And in 2009, becoming the launch customer for a mobile connectivity service provided by Sitter's on-air division on 50 of its 200-plus fleet of Boeing 737-800s. However, the latter venture ended a year later after the airline and supplier were unable to reach a pricing agreement. Back in 2004, Ryanair's trial of the US manufacturer's APS's Digi Player handheld devices would have put it in vanguard of portable IFE around five years before the first iPads even appeared. The devices, similar in size to the compact disc players and DVD players of the era, were offered to passengers for an onboard payment. Customers could access a range of programs from films to sitcoms. However, most of the APS's other customers were long-haul carriers and Ryanair's short flights made movies impractical, especially as the devices could only be used at cruise. Uh, English-only content further hampered the appeal of the service and Ryanair quietly dropped the product a few months later. Another initiative in 2006 was planned to tap into the appetites of the betting fraternity as the Irish airline added an online gambling function to its website intended to pave the way for introducing on-board con- gambling and uh, a year later. Uh, a partnership with the UK online gaming, gaming industry Jackpot Joy uh, gave customers on the ground the chance to play bingo and instant win games on Ryanair.com. Making the service available for gamblers in the skies via mobile phones uh, proved a harder challenge. However, even after O'Leary went so far as to suggest that handing out laptops to passengers to allow them to access the site, as you do. Uh, Now, after a decade of false starts, the budget airline appears to be entering a new phase of technological confidence. Uh, It has set up a new digital lab with 40 staff near its Dublin headquarters, to develop its own products uh, rather than than its outdated Garnish website and has been replaced with a more modern offering. Uh, The airline is launching a series of apps to help customers find and book flights. On board, Ryanair says it's exploring the possibility of being able to offer customers uh, in-flight entertainment, such as movies or games, uh, they could uh, access via their smartphones, tablets or laptops. I think we covered a story similar to this before, didn't we, Carl, where it was... um, we were talking about uh, having sort of like in, in-flight Wi-Fi um, sort of streaming services so that you could pull stuff down. And we, I think we were commenting at the time, we were amazed at the amount of people who couldn't understand why they couldn't check Facebook just because they were connected to Wi-Fi. So Wi-Fi
1: yeah, well, Delta do a similar thing on, the, uh, on their long-haul flights. Delta have a system where you can uh, take a tablet on board the aircraft or your, you know, your laptop or tablet. And yeah. uh, you could stream their services to your laptops. You can stream their films and their content and stuff, and uh, use your own tablet rather than the um, the, the seat, uh, inbuilt seat systems that they have on the aircraft, which is quite cool. That's quite good. A oh, good idea.
0: Yeah, I I mean I think that's
1: definitely the way forward because I mean even with a even if
0: you're doing a short haul flight to say um you know say from from Stansted to Ireland I mean you could you could easily watch maybe one if not two TV programs couldn't you? I mean have a you know if you had like say a box set of um I don't know Big Bang Theory as an example you could have that on there and you could watch a couple of programs because they're only 20 minutes long. You could watch a couple of those and then um and then sort of you know land and sort of forget that you were on an aeroplane really which
1: is the only way I survived frankly. <laughs> That is uh, one of the things I used to always do whenever we flew with a, with Ryanair or EasyJet. Was always take my tablet with me with some preloaded films on to sort of, um, yeah. you know, to uh, to to sort of quash the uh, thing of being in on a on a yeah, Ryanair absolutely flight. <laughs> on a, a ride flight yeah it's, the but smells then, usually a bit of a giveaway. But then quite <laughs> rightly, like uh, like um, um, David and, and all the guys over at the Airplane Geeks have said on their show before um, that uh, you should uh, you shouldn't need entertainment on aircraft. You've got uh, a window. And there's uh, full HD content always being streamed outside the window of the aircraft, of the views. <laughs> yeah. So good morning in the chat yeah, room. Yeah, I mean that's I'm certainly smashing. one look, one take on it. Mm. I just <laughs> mashes in the chat room, and also Captain Nick, the legend that is Captain Nick, is in the uh, in the chat room. APG uh-huh. royalty. Good morning, Captain Nick. Is in there. <laughs> so good morning to you, Nick. Uh, they're all having a, they're all having a chat in the chat room at the minute, which is uh, which is quite cool. This is quite good. Uh, so moving on to the next story, and this one is on the breaking news, or breaking, breaking a travel news site. It's a picture story, so in a bit we'll put the picture up on the screen for those of you in the chat room uh, to uh, to see. Um, so the headline, Malaysia Airlines unveils A330 uh, business class seats. So Malaysia Airlines has unveiled its first A330-300 aircraft fitted with the new business class Uh, seats in its engineering complex in Sepang. The uh, business class seat pitch which measures 44 inches and has a width of 28 inches and a length of 76 inches of fully flat seat is one of the best received business class seats in the industry. Uh, the seats come with increased working space uh, with 90% of all seats having direct aisle access due to the 121 1 and 122 seat layout with extra storage space for personal items as well each seat is equipped with a 16-inch touchscreen in-flight entertainment system 16 yeah, that's not bad uh, and every aspect of the new product has been carefully designed with the passenger comfort needs in mind uh, Malaysia Airlines Chief Commercial Officer Paul Simmons commented, uh, This marks the start of an exciting product rollout for our business class customers to experience. The business class cabin refurbishment will be carried out in stages of uh, all 15 of Malaysia Airlines A330 aircraft by September this year, 2016. With the launch of our new seats, we are confident that Malaysia Airlines will be the first choice for travel to and from and around Malaysia. Uh, We're also confident that these seats will further improve and strengthen our premium product service offerings, he added. The new business class seats are available on Malaysian Airlines A330 flights between Kuala Lumpur and Australia and New Zealand, Japan, Korea, China and India from uh, this month and onwards and the newly configured a330s will have 27 all new business class seats and 263 economy class seats now if we put the picture there on the screen for those of you in the chat room you'll be able to see those lovely shiny rather wide business class seats there's loads of room there oh, look right. very those comfortable look very, they? very very comfortable yeah yeah definitely come. and they are fully live flat seats as well matt so you can press the button and uh, it'll, it'll convert into a into a bed which wow. is uh, which is really good. I like that. That's one of the,
0: one of these days we're going to
1: fly business class. One of these days. <laughs> I know oh, we will. One one day, one day we when we've reached 10 million patreons <laughs> <laughs> yeah you're right <laughs> uh,
0: on to the next story this is on flight global and the headline is Lufthansa to shrink first class capacity with the A350 Lufthansa's planned introduction of the a- of the Airbus A350 from January 2017 will further reduce the airline's first class capacity while the number of economy seats will rise the twin jet will be configured without first class in a layout comprising 48 business 21 premium economy and 224 economy seats. But the aircraft it will replace, the A340 600, is fitted with eight first class, 56 business, uh, 28 premium economy, and 189 economy seats. Lufthansa website shows. Uh, the airline plans to station 10 A350s at Munich and has orders for 25 aircraft of the type. Lufthansa says it will continue to operate the A330s with first-class seats from its secondary hub. It adds that the A350s will be operated by the mainline rather than uh, a subsidiary such as a regional unit city line. That division is operating A340-300s from Frankfurt with a denser denser cabin layout with no first-class and fewer business seats under the mainline brand. Flight Global's Fleet Analyzer database shows that Lufthansa has 20 A340-600s in service today and that these were built
1: between 2003 and 2009. Sorry, I'm just typing things in the chat room. (laughs) Sorry about that, Matt. Just replying to some messages in the chat room. Okay.
0: (laughs) I thought I'd fallen off air then for a minute. No, 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 you're still still there. No, you're still there.
1: (laughs) So, getting back to the story again.
0: Bert, you have to keep poking him. Poke like, me. If it, Poke <laughs> me, yeah. Ow, keep him awake.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, the A350 and Lufthansa, they've um, obviously, they're one of the first customers to launch the uh, the A350. And um, obviously, Lufthansa being the uh, the premium German airline, um, which I'm yet to fly on, actually. Uh, but uh, it says on here, you said on the story map that it's, uh, they're, they're going to continue to operate the A330s with first class seats from their secondary mm. hub. But it'll yeah. be interesting to uh, to see how the uh, how this the, you know this the actual first class capacity on the A350 how that's uh, all going to sort of pan out how that's going to look. I can't yeah. remember whether we covered the story or not to see what the uh, first class interiors are like on the Lufthansa. I'll have to look that up yes. and see what they we'll see what their seats time, are like, yeah. what their first class seats are like, because um, they're supposed to be a really really good airline to fly with Lufthansa, from what I've heard from uh, the people I know who've flown with them. Yeah, um, R- so. rumor has it. Rumor has it. Yeah. <laughs> That's another trip for us to do at some point. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So,
0: so we need to do fir- first class on Lufthansa now as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is going to end up
1: costing us a fortune.
0: It is, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. Let's get those Patreon numbers up, shall we?
1: <laughs> I think uh, I think uh, Captain Nick in the chat room is worried that you may have a bear behind you. I don't know uh, quite with that. A bear? Or not. No, it, no. It, well.
0: <laughs> yes yes indeed it's, it's, oh, no. it's my friend he's trying to put me off oh okay it's going okay. really well <laughs> I, <laughs> he says his excuse is he's trying to keep warm
1: I don't oh, believe he's him he's trying to keep warm so the, moving on to the next story <laughs> and, uh, breaking, new, uh, breaking travel news again uh, for this story the headline Pegasus completes five million dollar aircraft deal with Boeing while Matt has some fun there yeah. Uh, so Sorry, yes. Boeing. I'll try. I'll uh, <laughs> try.
0: To stop, I'll try to stop being distracted.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the chat room's going mental. So uh, yes. uh, Boeing and Turkey's leading low-cost carrier Pegasus Airlines have finalized an order uh, for five next-generation seven three seven eight aircraft, valued at uh, approximately five hundred and five million dollars, based on expected list prices at delivery. Pegasus Airlines and its subsidiaries Airmenas and Isair operate a fleet of 58 737-8s and a total of 69 aircraft. Uh, the carrier is based out of Istanbul and uh, operating an extensive network of domestic and regional services. The performance of the 737-800 has proven reliability, uh, reliability and fantastic operating economics and popularity with customers, said Mehmet Nahain, uh, chief executive of Pegasus Airlines. He's pleased that uh, they'll, be, they'll be continuing a uh, service with this long-standing relationship that they have uh, of over 20 years with Boeing aircraft and, and adding these new ones to their fleet. Uh, Pegasus Airlines is a privately owned airline and Turkey's leading low-cost carrier it launched flights uh, charter flights in 1990 and is owned by e, uh, the ESAS ha- uh, holding operating uh, which have been operating scheduled flights uh, since t- uh, 2005 uh, the 737 800 continues to be the best selling version of the very successful next generation 737 family accumulating over 7000 orders worldwide And uh, uh, Boeing have said that they're very proud that Pegasus has again selected Boeing to meet their requirements. Pegasus Airlines flies uh, a scheduled service to 33 destinations in Turkey and 70 in the rest of the world, bringing its total network to 103 destinations in 41 countries. This is another uh, story like we covered so many times on so many previous shows, Matt, that uh, Boeing have got another huge order for aircraft, of new aircraft as well.
0: Well, I mean, we've said this before, isn't it? So, I mean, Boeing will get a massive order, and then next week we'll come across a story with Airbus. As I say, I mean, as I said before, I feel really sorry for any of the other, sort of the smaller um, aircraft builders, really. Uh, But, uh, yeah, it's just, I mean, aviation is only going to go one way, isn't it? Up.
1: Exactly. No pun intended yeah. there. No, indeed. No, no. As if I would do such a thing. I know, but it's it's, it's, good. it's kind of we, we kind of goes from one end to the other here. Every t- every uh, every time we do a show, it's, it's one week. It's, yeah. it's Boeing. It's got orders, and yeah. next week it's Airbus. Then it's Boeing, yeah, and then it's yeah. Airbus, and yeah. But obviously, obviously, uh, for the for the. Um, uh, people who are in the chat room, especially um, <coughs> Captain Nick, Boeing's obviously best. And, um, so yes, <laughs> yes. If, if it ain't Boeing, I ain't going. Exactly, uh, very true. Yes, <laughs> very true. Yes. Uh, good news,
0: everyone in the chat room. By the way, I have dispatched my 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 tall friend to go and get coffees, so uh, I have a little a small window of uninterrupted, undistracted um, um, r- story reading to look forward oh, to. Right.
1: <laughs> So, uh, Sean, uh, we've got some, we've got some more people joining us in the chat room here. Uh, we've got uh, Sean Taylor. Uh, good morning to you, Sean. Very nice to hear. That's a new name. I've not, I've not heard that name before. Have he's, I? Apparently, he's been listening to the podcast for ages, but it's, ah, uh, perhaps it's his first time. It's last to the chance. Show. To, uh, yes, he's uh, he's got a chance to log in and listen to the live show, so That's pretty ah, cool. marvellous. So, yeah. Excellent. and also Matty, anyway. Matty Fab. Matty Fabs in the chat room as well. Ah, oh, the legend The yeah, legend yeah. that is. PT Matty UK Fab. royalty, Matty yeah. Fabs. Ah, oh, no, he is PT UK royalty, right? Very
0: yeah. Well, yeah. yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Right,
0: anyway, on to the next story. This is on Flight, Flight Global, Global, as I say, before, before uh, Rob Roy returns and continues to distract me. Uh, this is Flight Global. The headline is Boeing FAA warns 787 pilots of bad airspeed data. Boeing 787 pilots are being warned not to make sudden control inputs in response to a sudden unrealistic drop in airspeed shown on cockpit displays. This is a slightly worrying story. I'll be interesting to see what uh, Captain Nick makes about this. As I say, I haven't got the chat room He'll in front of me, will make some comment in the chat room, doubt. Indeed, yes. Uh, the US Federal Aviation Administration, that's the FAA, will adopt an airworthiness directive on the 1st of April requiring 787-8 and 787-9 operators to up update the flight manual with the warning message the faa accelerated the release of the airworthiness directive bypassing the normal rulemaking process to make operators adopt the change as quickly as possible boeing made an identical recommendation to 787 operators on the 4th of march which the faa directive will now make mandatory the fleet was uh, has made three reports of displayed airspeed of displayed airspeed plunging significantly below actual airspeed, the FAA says. Uh, in each case, the 787 was flying in conditions involving significant water ingestion and possibly icing uh, of two of the three pilot tubes. Uh, the, sorry, Pitot. Is it Pitot? It's, three P- Pit- it's Pito. Oh, sorry, my apologies, of the three pitot tubes feeding speed and altitude information to the air data system. The FAA and Boeing are continuing to investigate the cause of the erroneous displayed uh, speed changes. In one case, the pilot reacted to the inaccurate data by commanding a significant nose-down dive. Uh, overriding the autopilot in the process. Uh, Boeing and the FAA are concerned that a pilot might command a dive that exceeds the structural limits of the 787 as a response to erroneous information from the air data system. While the cause of the erroneous data is being investigated, 787 operators must update the manual to instruct pilots not to apply a large abrupt control column input uh, in response to an unrealistic drop in displayed airspeed i mean this must be quite worrying um from a pilot's point of view though surely because i mean i mean you must rely on that data um you know readily i mean or or, or do or, or do you just in normal circumstances perhaps use a little bit of what i call common sense perhaps
1: yeah nick nick's uh, just said it in the chat room you know this is a kind of similar thing to the the Air France 447, which uh, we had uh, a few years back, if you remember the uh, Air France yeah. one that, 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 that went into the sea after it took off from Rio de Janeiro, I think it was. Uh, yeah. And they, they got, um, you know, erroneous sort of uh, indications from their airspeed indicators from the pitot tube because they'd frozen up. Um, right. Because, you know, these, these, these tubes stick out the side of, uh, of the aircraft and... Um, they obviously the air flows into the tubes. It's all done with pressure and stuff. And it, it you know it tells the, the pilots what speed they're travelling at while you know yeah. in the air. You know if these tubes become blocked or iced over or stuff, you know, they're going to get wrong readings. It's going to you know yeah. tell them they're doing the wrong speed. And uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see what their reports from these from the Boeing guys here come up with yeah this, uh, uh... I mean
0: and also presumably though I mean you, i mean I, i'm not I'm not going to suggest that perhaps you're sitting there you know avidly watching that figure the whole time but I mean you must be sort of glancing at it on a regular basis i mean w- would you immediately if you see, um, uh, you know, a slightly odd figure and you think, well, hang on, that's a bit strange because we're in autopilot mode. Why have we suddenly dropped a bit? I mean, presumably, um, do you have other instruments that would give you an indication as to if your position has changed so that you're not just relying on the pitot info?
1: I think there is. I'm not 100% sure on, on being commercial jets. Yeah. Uh, you, know, you know, there is only... Sort of one way in, in the Cessna 150, I fly. I'm telling him how fast well, yes. I'm going. Well, <laughs> yes, yes. uh, one. Well, well, two. Actually, one of those is the airspeed indicator, and the other one is um, if you hear a, all of a sudden hear a noise like a horn noise. You know you're going right. too slow, and you're going to um, um, drop very suddenly when you stall. Yeah. But um, <laughs> well, yes,
0: there is that. Yes, <laughs> but
1: uh, th- that's that's a question. You see, that's why we need to get uh, Captain Rick miami Rick on the show he yeah i mean he'd uh he'd he'd now go and he'd he'd sort of go into this now in in depth for about three or four hours. And uh, whilst we go and have tea and biscuits somewhere, and uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> but we should have we, him on we, soon, we would,
0: Yeah, as I say, we'd like him to join us, so don't don't yeah. put him off.
1: <laughs> yeah, quite right. Matty Fab has actually put a very good thing on a GPS data on on jets as well is another is another way of, of finding out what speed you're yeah. doing. Yeah, I know one of the I know the uh, the instructor I fly with has a, uh, an app on his um, tablet that's uh, yeah. called Sky Demon, and yeah. it's uh, a way of um you know, plotting your route, and it, it's it's kind of a, like a sat nav in the in the sky, and uh, when you're in the air, it uh, obviously it uses the um, GPS, you know, a uh, signal and by, yeah. via the phone sort of kind of thing, and that, and it, it 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 will display your your speed on there, so you can actually look at your speed that way. Um, for yeah, the, for GA pilots, But
0: That's what though. I mean. I mean, it, it, it sounds like perhaps
1: I don't know, and, and I'm sure Captain Nick will correct me if I'm wrong.
0: But it, I, I, I kind of get the impression that the more experienced, um, sensible pilot wouldn't just immediately do a nose dive based on one piece of information. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, Nick. Nick has is, Nick is quite rightly put as well that uh, GPS will not give ground speed. Uh, will uh, will give ground speed, not indicated airspeed. Right. So okay. uh, there are there is a difference between ground speed yeah. and indicated airspeed. So very. But it very might true. be enough
0: to give you an indication mm. as to whether you have dramatically dropped your position. If you see what I mean. I mean that would, you know, if 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 one set of readings is still okay and the other reading is different, I don't, I don't know. I, I, I don't know anywhere near I just, enough. I don't.
1: <laughs> to, I don't we need we need to quickly grab Nick in the uh, in the uh, yeah. chat room. I think <laughs> he's, yeah, he's absolutely. filling he's filling in all the gaps in the chat room. It's very kind of him. Good, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> I need to go flying again soon. Yes. Uh, so the next sto- uh, news story on the breaking travel news site, and uh, this is regarding uh, a ver- a fantastic airline uh, that someone in the chat room knows everything about. And uh, this particular airline, uh, Virgin Atlantic, uh, signs a code share deal with Flybe. Wow, so you've got a huge airline like Virgin signing a contract with a tiny wow. airline like Flybe. So Virgin Atlantic is increasing its regional presence with the introduction of two brand new routes from Manchester Airport and a new code share agreement with Europe's leading regional airline, Flybe. Uh, the new routes will mean America is more accessible than ever before from the north of the uh, of England, and as Virgin Atlantic introduces Manchester Airport's first ever direct flights uh, to San Francisco, uh, a uh, branch to service to Boston as well. In additional boosts for UK holidaymakers, Virgin Atlantic has also confirmed a new code share deal uh, with Flybe. Uh, from April 2nd, customers will be able to book tickets on Virgin Atlantic's website. Uh, to travel uh, to and from uh, one of 18 UK European airports and uh, connect on to a Virgin flight at Manchester, Glasgow or London Gatwick airport. The partnership will offer numerous benefits to customers allowing seamless connections uh, between Flybee and Virgin Atlantic and enabling customers to check uh, themselves and their luggage through to their final destination. Eric Vajwick, executive vice president of uh, commercial at Virgin Atlantic, commented that uh, we are delighted to be able to offer our customers these new uh, direct flights uh, from the U.S. uh, to Manchester Airport. In addition to our current services to Atlanta, Las Vegas, Orlando and Barbados, the new routes to San Francisco and Boston really open up America for our customers. This year marks 20 years of our first ever flight to Manchester and we'll continue to look for opportunities to offer our unique experience of routes uh, where our customers are looking to fly. We look forward to uh, offering uh, easy connections to some of our most popular destinations including the tropical islands of Barbados, St Lucia and the US cities of Orlando and Las Vegas. So Virgin pairing up with Flybe. So Flybe. That's well, an
0: unusual combination. Uh, the Flybe is the last people I expected to be doing a co-chair with Virgin Atlantic. I mean, it's uh, good news for Flybe though. I mean, yeah, yeah, it's, it's good
1: to you uh, yeah to be able to have that that uh, you know option too. Because obviously Flybe do a lot of uh, flights around the UK, mm. and uh, you know to be able to, to hop on the Flybe flight, and then all yeah. of a sudden you're whisked away on a Virgin flight to Las Vegas. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, cool. So Does that uh, mean
0: we can go from Norwich now. <laughs> Or well, do I don't fl- know about that.
1: Flyby? No, no, flyby... Oh, God. Norwich, I don't think anything flies from Norwich now. I think there's... um. Oh stop A few it. Uh, sparrows and um, um, crows <laughs> okay. and stuff. flying. Yeah, okay. There. On to the next story. On to the next story. End, <laughs> yeah, before you
0: end up in heaps of trouble. <laughs> uh, multiple boarding. Pa- this is on the breaking travel news uh, website, and it's good news if you're a British Airways uh, frequent flyer. Multiple boarding passes land on the British Airways app. Now, to be fair, I think this has happened actually quite because Ryanair and EasyJet, you can do um, mul- multiple boarding passes already. So this is they're a bit late to the party by the sound of it. Anyway, uh, boarding British Airways flights has just got easier for families and friends travelling together thanks to the introduction of multiple mobile boarding passes. Previously, each person had to carry each—they uh, had to carry their own smartphone to show their mobile boarding pass to go through security or to board a flight. But now, up to eight individuals' uh, mobile boarding passes can be viewed on one phone, providing uh, everyone travelling together is on the same booking reference number. Sarah Dunham, British Airways head of marketing, retail, and direct Channel, said that multiple boarding passes stored on just one device makes it far quicker and easier for groups of friends or families traveling together to pass through security and to board our flights. The re, um, we responded to feedback from our customers who were in groups travelling together to make passing through the airport quicker and easier. The update for the British Airways mobile app is available for iPhones and Andro- and Android. Yay! Uh, for, so that uh, when uh, two or more customers travel on the same booking reference number, they'll be able to view all their mobile boarding passes on the same device by swiping between the boarding passes. Now, actually, as I say, it is worth mentioning that um, Ryanair and EasyJet. Have both have this function in yeah. their apps uh, for a very very long time um, and I've I've used it when me and mum have been traveling together I've used it to actually uh, to sort of both to check both me and mum in so uh, yeah they're a bit late to the party on this one
1: yeah well, I haven't I haven't actually I, I've, I've got the thing I think where I've flown before and had the ability to use the boarding pass app on uh, on the phone and I just I don't know I just feel a bit reluctant to use it I, I know it's, they'll accept it but for me, I like to have a piece of paper in my hand or a ticket with a... Yeah, no, is I mean? the same, but I, yeah. I just
0: like I, I. prefer having the app, uh, to be honest, because these days, I mean, I've usually got a phone and a tablet, and I usually have the boarding pass on both. So if one won't work, then the other one will. Uh, although there are still some airports, I think uh, Menorca is one of them, um, where they won't actually accept... They're not in a position to be able to accept the digital um, mm. boarding pass yet. So... so any-
1: anyone in the chat room who's had the chance to use uh, their, a boarding pass on their on their mobile phone and uh, just let us know how you got on with that because uh, like I said I've never yeah. never used it I, I have I mean I, I've had, I should I've do, had really.
0: nothing but positive I've had nothing but pos- positive experiences with it so far as although it was worth mentioning that we we were able to use a digital pass to go out to Menorca but we had to use a paper based one to come back and we got the ho- fortunately we managed to persuade the the hotel to print it off for us Am I right so? in thinking
1: Matt these, the ones that you have on your phone these the, the digital tickets and that—do they have like a QR code or is yeah, a it's a QR code?
0: code as opposed to a barcode. Oh, okay. Uh, but I mean, a lot, a lot of the, um, a lot of the printed versions now have a Q, a printed QR code as well. So it's not just not always a barcode bar these days. Certainly, we're uh, speaking for Ryanair and EasyJet. Uh, a one, one does, one doesn't. If memory serves.
1: Yeah, I think I think if you're somewhere where you haven't got access to a printer. Yeah. Uh, to print this sort of thing out, I suppose this is, this is a good idea, and, and yeah, I is. suppose and another way as well. It's saving on paper. Yeah, absolutely,
0: saving the trees.
1: Dare I dare I say it, going green? But I'm going I, green. What we haven't what? got, we haven't got a, a, a song to don't, play don't, there. Don't open
0: that kind of worms. I know. Oh no, not when we're talking about aviation. Oh no.
1: Right, so moving on to the next story. And, we are, we're uh, going to get sued by the, the
0: programme, aren't we? Yeah.
1: And the, the chat room's going <laughs> mad. Nobody had, actually, no, but actually, the chat room, uh, uh, Matty Fab said that he's used it. He uh, absolutely loved it. Uh, yeah, me too. Uh, Myla's yeah. never used it, uh, but she'll, right. she'll get round to using it at some point. Uh, right. Sean Taylor uh, <laughs> said that the BA app is fine to use but he right. does like to like me he likes to have that piece of paper just in, in case yeah i mean we, we
0: do have a we do carry a printed copy with us and and mum is very organised whenever we go anywhere we have a folder with loads of paperwork and stuff in and and we always have a printed version of our boarding passes just in case but it just is so case. very easy yeah. just to whip the phone out and and stick it under the under the barcode reader you
1: know So the next story on breaking travel news site then. Uh, Lufthansa receives their second A320neo or new engine option Option. from Airbus. Uh, Lufthansa has received the second A320neo from Airbus and the aircraft, which is registration, Delta Alpha India November Bravo, flew uh, last night into its future base airport, Frankfurt, um, Maine. The uh, first scheduled commercial flight is planned for for this week and will fly as LH072 to Dusseldorf making uh, Dusseldorf another destination for the A320neo together with Hamburg, Berlin and Munich The A320neo has uh, new engines and improved aerodynamics enabling a significant advance in terms of noise and emission, emission redu- reduction um, Obviously, green. Uh, Due to the new technology of the Pratt & Whitney uh, PW1100G engines, the new A320neo is 15% more fuel efficient than the current comparable models and uh, per passenger produces 20% less cost. The 85 decibel noise contour of a starting A320neo is only half that of an A320 uh, in the existing fleet, making thus a significant contribution to active noise reduction. Uh, the Lufthansa Group all ordered a total of 116 aircraft in the NEO version, 45 of these being as the new larger A321 NEO version. The new aircraft are intended for Lufthansa and Swiss. According to list uh, price, the order involves an investment of around about 13.3 billion US dollars. Uh, this year, a total of five A320neos are expected to be delivered to Lufthansa and stationed in Frankfurt. i will put the picture on the screen there of uh, of this A320neo here of Lufthansa, and these uh, the new engines on these these uh, new Pratt and Whitney's on here they look huge compared to. They the, do. Uh, they do. The they old... look like an
0: absolutely. Ma- I don't know. It's almost out of proportion to the rest. of the I air know. Engine, I know. When it?
1: you uh, if you compare if you, you know, if you put a picture alongside of the original Airbus, the old A320. Yeah. Uh, with the older Pratt and Whitney engines on, it's just it's totally different. You know, it's a completely is it, different. Is air.
0: it that fuel efficient though? Is it like because it's like you know instead of having four engines which are, are quite small, to to have two massive engines, does that make it any more efficient?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, I, whether they do, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I think uh, Captain Nick would love to have a, an A340neo. Um, but have four uh, four wonderful big new engines on the A340, but um, sadly the A340 is uh, not being produced anymore. Um, no, 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 Airbus, Airbus uh, didn't like that aircraft anyway. So there's no one. <laughs> it's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Nick Nick's gonna start punching me through the screen. Right. Soon, think, okay. Right? yeah, So well, while that's carry on, then we'll move on to the next
0: story. <laughs> this is again is on the breaking travel news website, and oh. the headline is Airways or Etihad Airways celebrates a decade of Manchester flights. Um, It is Etihad uh, Etihad Airways marked uh, the 10th anniversary of its services to Manchester Airport. Since the route was launched in March 2006, uh, Etihad Airways has operated over 10,000 flights between Manchester and Abu Dhabi. Uh, Due to its popularity in the north of England, the frequency increased to twice daily in August 2011. uh, Over two million guests have flown between Manchester and Abu Dhabi uh, on Etihad Airways in the past decade. James Harrison, the UK general manager for Etihad Airways, said that Etihad Airways is delighted... To be marking a highly successful decade operating out of Manchester. We've seen passenger numbers continually rise every year uh, since we started operations, and Manchester is a key destination on our global network. It has an important role in our UK operation and has been a consistent success, regularly appearing in our top 10 most popular destinations. Really? People want to go to Manchester? Why? Uh, in addition <laughs> to the aircraft, we have made a huge investment in our brand through the sponsorship of Manchester City Football Club. Ah, here we go. Uh, Our European call centre is also based at Manchester Airport and houses over 200 staff. We operate two flights a day to Abu Dhabi, connecting our guests to more than 100 destinations via our main hub in Abu Dhabi. At Terminal 1, there is an elegant premium lounge and we offer limousine services for our premium class passengers. Uh, The route has also uh, supported growth in Cargo with over thirty thousand tons of export cargo and over forty thousand tons of import cargo being carried between um, uh, being carried during the last three years. Cargo items have included vehicles and animals such as cats, dogs, falcons, and ferrets. Ferrets, really?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> and I apologise to anyone who mentioned that I offended just a moment ago.
1: <laughs> sorry, sorry. Just in the chat room again, being being put off you're account. in the room I, I know I know but
0: I've told you you have to keep poking him when I stop talking wake him up
1: <laughs> so Etihad then getting back to the story Etihad one of the, the, uh, the airlines yes. from over in the Dubai area along with their, their uh, competitor being obviously Emirates as well but Etihad are the guys that have that wonderful um, uh, that suite remember we talked about the big um, oh what is it The oh, I forget the name of it now Remember that Etihad had the, um, oh, you know, the, the suite, Matt, that had the, that had the sort of bedroom and uh, a kind of a sitting room and uh, the concierge service that picked you up from your house to take you to the airport and stuff. And you have your own actual suite on board the aircraft on the A380, if you remember Etihad. Hello? Yeah, hello. Sorry. Hello. yeah. No, yes, I am he's still, here. still uh, there. Carry
0: on. I'll, I'll come back to you in just a sec, all right? Oh, he's,
1: he's going to disappear. We'll... We'll turn we'll turn Matt's microphone down there so we can't hear him but no Eddie had had this uh, the residence that's it well done thank you Masha uh, has the uh, Eddie had had the residence sweep if, if you anyone uh, on the chat room on the uh, show on the audio show look up uh, the residence on uh, Google and uh, it's it's one heck of a, um, a well a, a, a product really uh, something that uh, I'd need to save up for a very long time to uh, to afford really because it's a huge Huge cost, but uh, very nice indeed. So, uh, good on Eddie Had for celebrating their decade of flights uh, to Manchester. And I think Matt is back. We're going to turn his microphone back up. No, Sorry, right. we just, just there had to, uh,
0: we go. Somebody's been uh, been taking their dog for a walk down here and I was being told off for staring at my laptop screen rather than enjoying the view. So I just had to explain to him why I was sitting this way round rather than staring at
2: the Oh, view. okay. okay. I,
0: I've been told off for not enjoying this. this just, well, I've been told to stop using my laptop, basically. And then Mr. Benzie, he owns all of this. Oh, is, is, that, is that the... Oh, Matt, Matt's see. getting
1: Matt's getting told off by the uh, by the locals. Yes. I like that. No, I'm not. I like I'm not good
0: news though. I'm not being told off by just anyone. I'm being told off by the guy that basically owns the whole place yeah. that we're doing. Okay. I think his name is Lord something or other. Anyway, it's fine. <laughs> next story. <laughs> yes, the next story.
1: On uh, the breaking travel news site, Emirates to open check-in uh, 48 hours ahead of takeoff so Emirates uh, have extended their online check-in to 48 hours before departure time from 24 hours effective immediately Uh, customers around the world can check in online on both desktop and mobile devices uh, from 48 hours to 90 minutes uh, before flight departure Uh, the increased lead time offers customers greater flexibility in choosing their seats and reduces waiting times at airports as they could already have uh, their boarding passes before arriving at the airport. Passengers can drop their luggage off at uh, online check-in counters before heading straight through the immigration and security. Uh, For flights to and from the United States, while uh, while online check-in services are available 48 hours before departure, boarding passes will only be issued 24 hours in advance. Um, By allowing check-in from 48 hours before departure, we are providing customers Uh, Added flexibility to choose their preferred seats and a more comfortable journey, Uh, they've said the chief exec of Emirates. Uh, This is just uh, one of the many incentives we are implementing to enhance our customer service experience online. Uh, This was uh, explained by Alex uh, Knig, the senior vice president of corporate communications, marketing and brand digital. In addition to online check-in services, uh, the airline also operates uh, car park check-in facilities uh, around the clock at its hub in Dubai. Customers can also check in and drop their luggage at the car park check-in facilities from 24 hours uh, to 6 hours prior to departure, easing the crowds during uh, peak travel periods. Alternatively, customers traveling out of Dubai can choose to drop their luggage at one of the 46 dedicated drop bag counters in economy class or separate counters in the first class and business class at Dubai International Airport uh, from six hours or 90 minutes prior to their departure. An additional 10 bag drop counters are available in the dedicated USA flight check-in zone. And as a result of these initiatives, uh, customers can look forward to shorter queues. At the various uh, check in and bag drop points available. Uh, 48 hours, that's pretty cool, that eh? is. That uh, saves a lot of hassle uh, before you fly, anyway, being able to check in and stuff. That, uh, I mean, most airlines do offer uh, check in before, you know, 24 hours yeah. before um, before you go. Uh, on on board the aircraft but uh, well, yeah 48 hours the, uh, the uh, low cost carriers obviously insist that
0: you do it don't they because they insist that you've checked in before you you uh, arrive at the airport don't they but yeah. uh, it's one uh, must have the thing that impressed me that I'm most excited about about that story was the idea of checking in from the car park when you when you pull in that'd be nice just get out of your really car nice put your cases somewhere it? and go yeah, so it ties it to the registration place so they
1: know that when you're, when you've when your cars arrive that you that you're here, so check in. Exactly. I mean that's absolutely brilliant. Uh, to say quick good morning to another new listener I haven't seen before in a chat room, Kenneth Kranz. Good morning oh. to you, Kenneth. <laughs> Thanks for joining us. This morning he's uh, interrupted his plans to go back to bed. Uh, he's, he's, he says he, he's effectively scrapped his plan, uh, plans to go back to bed. So thanks for joining us, Ken. Very nice of you. Right, yes, absolutely. <laughs> so moving on to the next story, then the last one for you, Matt. Oh, this is a this is a special story just for you. Yes, good. Excellent. Oh, this but is what more I'd importantly, see. more importantly, Matt, what's the website?
0: Uh, oh, I don't know. Oh, it is. Uh, oh, oh dear, really? Okay, so uh, basically, uh, it's a it's a, a, a web page from a newspaper from what I can only describe as Carlos's homeland, uh, <laughs> and it's the MaltaToday dot uh, And uh, the headline is: Ryanair louts find handed suspended sentences. Eleven men from Scotland. Oh dear. Oh dear. Have you chosen this for any specific reason? Uh, <laughs> Eleven men from Scotland admit to being drunk on an aircraft before their arrival for the lost and found parties what's a lost and found party that sounds terrifying uh, taking place during the coming days police and sniffer dogs had to be called in to inspect the aircraft uh, causing delays and uh, leaving hundreds of holidaymakers facing delays as a result Ooh, dear, dear, dear. Uh, 11 would-be attendees of the lost and found parties from the uk have been handed suspended sentences and fined after their drunken antics aboard a Ryanair Air flight arriving from Malta, uh, arriving in Malta from Edinburgh, uh, this was yesterday, uh, which caused considerable knock-on delays. Uh, Magistrate uh, Donna Donatella, that, that, surely that's a joke name. Uh, <laughs> Donatella uh, heard uh, Inspector Silvo uh, Magro accuse Josh Lovewell, Chris Norman. Kennedy, uh, David Conglangen uh, and uh, Peter Cusack, David Hanna Brooks, uh, Craig Jardine, Scott McKinley, Craig Nidri, uh, Liam McCrae, Stuart James Smith and Francis Biggins of, amongst other things, recklessly endangering an aircraft, uh, intentionally interfering with an aircraft crew, being drunk on an aircraft and breaching the peace—these are terrible charges, really, aren't they? Uh, charges against Biggins uh, were withdrawn in this morning's sitting. However, the police saying there had been no course, uh, there had been no course of conduct. Uh, the men had come to Malta to attend the lost and found parties organised uh, by BBC DJ Annie Mac, and should fly home on Tuesday. You weren't lost, but I found you in my courtroom, quipped the the, the judge before severely reprimanding them. Ooh, dear. How could you undertake such a conduct? Uh, astonished the magistrate. Uh, "The uh, I hope uh, you will be behaving yourselves during the remainder of your stay. I mean, this is the same story again, isn't it, really, where it's yeah. uh, people getting carried away on an aircraft,
1: aren't they? And it's just uh, when are people going to learn? Obviously not. People just don't learn. Uh, no, this, no this, they pro- don't. This, this proves a fact here that they obviously they obviously like having fines um what yeah. you know what do you say a thousand pound fine each yeah uh, they obviously love paying paying out money uh paying out you know. this
0: money well you know that's the way forward clearly it's this you know why spend it on holiday and booze when you can give it to a courtroom instead <laughs> uh, but
1: no neville in the chat room said that uh, quite rightly that you know they should uh, they should they should have more than just suspended sentence. I should put yeah. them uh, put them in the slammer. Stick them in the slammer, Neville. Yeah, that absolutely. Overnight. True. Make them feel very better. True, yeah. Very true. Very uh, true. so we welcome uh, welcome another wonderful chat room person in, uh, Jimbo Fraser. Uh, good morning to you. <laughs> he's a, he just appeared in the chat room.
0: Has he? Right. I got a funny feeling yeah. he's uh, Does not it, far does it from count you, if he's sitting next to me? I don't know no. if it was that <laughs>
1: And uh, also uh, Evan. Good morning, Evan. Evan uh, is uh, is appeared in the chat. The chat room filling up a <laughs> huge amazing. It night. is. Absolutely. Very good. Very good. So, uh, so that is where we're going to bring the commercial section news story uh, of the show blah, 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 to a close. Uh, we've got some military news coming up, a little bit of that. And we've also got some feedback uh, from someone who is yeah. in the chat room right now. So we've got some feedback from him coming up. Uh, we haven't got a segment from Pip again this week, unfortunately. Really sorry, guys, but Pip uh, he's been really busy this week. Um, but he has said that he's going to get us a segment for the next week's show, uh, where well, we, we'll be back in the con- uh, in the kitchen studio. Um, yes, and uh, yeah, I'll be able to cook uh, Matt breakfast that week, so he'll, he'll love that. <laughs> Yay! That sounds um, good. Uh, so uh, I don't wish
0: to alarm anyone, but I've only got thirty percent of my battery back. Okay, so my uh, battery left. <laughs> I'm going
1: to I'm I am going to go off Matt. Me and Matt are going will go off uh, and have a uh, Delta P, and uh, we'll come back to you after these messages. Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. The Voices in Your Head.com
0: website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com thanks for listening
1: And we are back. Uh, with me and hopefully. Yeah. Am I had... still here? Hello. Yes, you're still there. We've uh, been and had our Delta P. Excellent. Ding. Bingo. And uh, yeah, we're back. We're going to I do, do worry
0: about your mental health sometimes. I know. Carlos. I yeah. have to be yeah, The
1: chat room. The chat room. They'll know what they'll know what we mean. They'll know what we mean. Okay. All right. So uh, so uh, again, thank you to everyone in the chat room who's joined us this morning. As low, they're just chatting away between themselves in there at the moment. Uh, there's uh, there's uh, Matthew Fab and Micah and Myla They're all there uh, just. Uh, yeah, slightly, slightly
0: shorter than usual show today because yeah. uh, we've all got unfortunately we've got very busy things to do we and, have yeah uh, Carlos will be divorced if um, I by don't, the end of today if he doesn't here. make his appointment yeah. so.
1: so we're going to go on then with some military news and we have got some feedback from someone who is in the chat room right now and uh, and then we're going to do the lead out of the show and uh, yeah so uh, if you're ready Matt we're going to do some military news yeah let's go let's, let's go, go. So the first uh, news story for the military segment this week, and it's on Flight Global site, and the headline, Royal Air Force Tornado Successfully Trials Bright Cloud Protection System. So Min- Finime- Finimechina, I think i spelled that, i will pronounced that right, Finemechina is hopeful that the uh, Royal Air Force will be the launch customer uh, for its Bright Cloud Active Decoy. Following the completion of a series of tests of the system on board the services Panavia Tornado GR4 combat aircraft, initial evaluation testing was carried out using the uh, or carried out in the USA at a dedicated radio frequency uh, test facility in October. The first test of the expendable active decoy from the Tornado and uh, they've said that now that they've done the successful tests on the Tornado, they're working hard towards securing the first order for operational deployment, and uh, they're in talks with the UK, and are hoping it will be the first nation to carry the Bright Cloud into operations. A number of Bright Cloud systems were purchased by the RAF to perform the testing during which uh, the decoy, which simulates the RF signature of an aircraft, to deter threats, to perform and plan and manage uh, to automatically dep- uh, detect radar and threats and jam them. Bright Cloud is a self-contained digital radio frequency memory jammer that is carried in a 55mm chaff and flare dispenser. It detects and identifies RF emissions and on finding them uh, a match and it applies the match and algorithms and emits a deception signal. Uh, No further trials have taken place with the uh, UK as the October tests were deemed successful. Although it's uh, likely that further trials will take place to verify and extend the operational advantage provided by Bright Cloud, McCulloch adds. When did the decoy was launched in 2013, Saab committed to offering it as a protection system for its Gripen fighter, but uh, but far, uh, so far uh, none have been pur- or so far none have been purchased. Uh, the new Gripen uh, uh, EGN will also ca- be able to carry uh, the decoy as well. Uh, McCarrock says the ease of integration and the standard flare dispenser fit means and potential customer base and is an extensive and fulfilled system ready for production uh, to launch with uh, the customer. So here we go. That's a good bit of kit something uh, it kind of a, of a jamming system for uh, I mean that has got to be anything uh, that uh, you know can uh, stop the, our boys being shot down is a good thing but not that we're yeah, absolutely. not that I think you know we, we shouldn't be fighting wars anyway we should no, not be fighting no. wars but, it, um,
0: it'd be nice if they could invent a system that would work with lasers and, and somehow uh, uh, you know sort of filter out that signal I see I wonder if they can't do something with like the windscreens of these these cockpits and stuff so they can filter out the laser pens so that they aren't dangerous
1: yeah, we need something like this, don't we, for the laser pen thing. Yeah. A, a, a yeah. jamming system for lasers. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. So, that's next it, story. Uh, yeah, next story. This Global. is on Flight Global. And the headline is Philippine
0: Navy orders to A. Uh, is it AW's AWAC? Is that right? No, though? no, no. It's uh, uh,
1: AW 159. No, that's the oh, okay, uh, Wildcat right. helicopter. Come on, then. What, what's an AWAC? Remind me. Oh, an is the air early warning system. Oh, is the uh, yes, right. yeah. yes, yes, yes. This, this, this it's one it's you're now going to talk about, Matt, is the. Um, it's the it's the the Royal Navy have uh, the Black Hats display team and they use these oh, aircraft yes, yes, for their yes, yes. Um, for their display. Yeah.
0: Ah, oh, right. Yes. So anyway, the headline is Philippine Navy orders two AW one hundred and fifty nine Wildcats. So the. Uh Finn fin- uh, has announced the Philippine Navy will uh, acquire two Augusta Augusta Westland AW159 Wildcat anti-submarine and anti-surface warfare rotorcraft under a contract valued at 100 million euros uh, that's 114 million dollars. Uh, the helicopters will be delivered uh, from the manufacturers Yeovil UK site in 2018 with the contract including training and support. In addition to the anti-surface and anti-submarine roles the rotorcraft could be used for search and rescue and maritime surveillance tasks Um, the Wildcat is in service with the UK's Royal Navy and Army Air Corps with eight more on order with launch export customer from the Republic of Korea Navy Um, a first delivery to the latter is pending after an expected schedule of 2015 total orders for the type amount to 72 and Flight Global's Fleet's Analyzer database shows a combined uh, fleet of 48 Wildcats have been delivered to the British Army and the RN. The latter deployed the new model on board uh, its Type 23 frigate uh, HMS Lancaster in early mm. 2015. The two AW159s will join Molina's modest naval rotorcraft fleet, which consists of five Augusta Western AW109Es. Fleet Analyzer shows.
1: Yeah, so these aircraft, as we said, the AW159 Wildcat, they use these for the display team, the Royal Navy yeah. do uh, seen these guys you know flying these helicopters at the various air shows last year yeah and they are fantastic. Uh, they were really stay, really, yeah. really good uh, great yeah. great to see the, you know great to see these um, you know doing their displays and that but uh, no, it's relatively Isn't new it? actually. this first flew in 2009. So it's actually Oh, quite, right. oh so it's a, it's a very young aircraft. Then. Yeah, it's very young. Uh, young, yeah, very young helicopter. This is yeah, definitely. Helicopter, so yeah. moving on. Can, can, next... you,
0: can you not call it aircraft then? If oh, it's you can call it aircraft.
1: You can. You call it anything <laughs> like that. You can call it a, a Dreamliner. For, you know. Anyway, so stop it. <laughs> next story on uh, Flight Global site then, and uh, the uh, he- the uh, headline: CH53K entry into low-rate production uh, delayed for eight months. Uh, Chikorsky's CH-53K entry into low-rate production has been delayed again. Uh, this time by eight months to February 2017 because of gearbox failures last year and the late delivery of parts from supplies, the U.S. Government Accountability Office reports in its annual assessment of Pentagon weapon product, uh, projects. Uh, the King's Stallion developed, uh, uh, effort, development effort achieved first flight in October uh, nearly three years later than originally planned and five years after completing its critical design review. In January, the second test model began flying at Sikorsky's facility in West Palm Beach, Florida, and the uh, the GAO report notes that uh, it contains in the improved gearbox was it was trialed uh, as a ground test vehicle first. The unexpected redesigns of the aircraft's various gearboxes as well as the late delivery of some components have delayed delivery of the remaining two engineering design model test aircraft. Um, uh, This has created delays at the production facility where the parts are received from vendors, uh, which is expected to impact the flight test schedule. The supersized King Stallion heavy lift helicopter will replace the U.S. Marine Corps Sikorsky CH-53E, which was introduced into service in the 1980s and uh, has an anticipated service life of 41 years. The cost of developing the aircraft has grown uh, by 44%, wow, from uh, $4.7 billion to $6.8 billion since 2005, and the procurement estimate for the 200 aircraft stands at $19 billion. Uh, The date for completion of operational testing uh, shifted nine months since the GAO's 2015 report from September 2018 to June 2019. Despite gearbox troubles and the reported production issues, the Marines still expect to have their first war-ready squadron in place by 2019. Sikorsky officials said at a recent press briefing that the CH-53K flight test program expects to log around 100 hours in 2016. The Lockheed Martin-owned helicopter manufacturer expects to complete uh, the second and third flight test aircraft this year to support performance propulsion and avionics flight qualification. The U.S. Naval Air Command System, or the NAVAIR, reported on the 24th of March that the King Stallion recently demonstrated its advertised speed of 140 knots uh, with 15 degrees angle of bank turns. This marked the last test uh, flight in direct mode, Navair says. Uh, the primary flight control system work in, included uh, at speeds of up to 120 knots and climbs and descents and hovering pedal turns. This is what we need, a helicopter um, uh, expert, expert yeah, in the absolutely. show. But we'll put I mean, a picture on the with screen with there of, uh, of the CH-53. There we go. But
0: with, with any aircraft, uh, you know, rotor or, or, or fixed wing or anything, I mean, delays are never good news, are they? I mean, it must be so frustrating, uh, not only for the people making it, but, of course, the people who are waiting for delivery. I mean, it must be so frustrating.
1: Yeah, Nick's, uh, Nick, uh, Nick, uh, Captain Nick has put uh, 140 knots. Uh, can man live at such speeds? <laughs> oh, stop it. <laughs> oh, dear, just because just the Airbus, he flies, has got... Four engines, and this has only got two. That's why. Right. Yeah, okay. Yeah.
0: So, so what? What sort of airspeed is 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 his Well, one hundred and forty
1: knots. Uh, well, Captain Nick obviously flies at vi- at light speed. Right. In, of course. Uh, yeah. obviously Yes. The light um, speed being the way yeah, for ca- yes. Captain Nick has has the uh, has a new new aircraft. It's called the A three forty Delorean.
0: Right. <laughs> well, oh, he's learned how to time travel. Excellent. Yeah, uh, yeah. Nick, Nick where where is travel. the flux capacitor? Just out of interest, <laughs> uh,
1: I don't know. That's something we'll have to ask. Uh, we'll have to ask Miami Rick where the yeah, uh, flux absolutely. capacitors are yeah. on the A340, but there. Anyway, on to Not the last final story. story. Uh, <laughs> this
0: is on the Royal Air Force website, and the headline is, extra, air, extra aircraft are confirmed for air show." Oh, this is always good news. So organisers of the RAF Cosford Airshow announced a number of exciting additions to the flying displays planned for Sunday the 19th of June. The air show will give visitors a rare chance to see two Gloucester Meteor aircraft, the first British operational jet fighter flying together in a formation display. The the Gloucester Meteors uh, are appearing at the show as part of the show's main theme celebrating speed and the evolution of the jet engine which marks the 75th anniversary of the Gloucester E28-39s, the first flight. British first jet engine aircraft uh, and then this is a unique hangar display will showcase a number of jet engines, along with uh, RAF uh, museums, Bristol's 188, which uh, will be on an external static display. Other additions to the show, including the appearance of the Army Air Corps historic flight with their... uh, I'm not sure how to pronounce this... um, with their Seahawks and Scout helicopters flying together, uh, two Nanchang CJ-1 uh, CJ-6 training aircraft will also perform a pairs display, and a Westland Wasp helicopter, which will be on static display in the vintage village. Peter Riok, part of the airshow operations team, said the flying display for this year's show is already shaping up to be another great mix of interesting and rarely seen aircraft, with today's additions complementing previously announced high highlights such as the RAF Red Arrows oh got to love a Red Arrow and RAF Typhoon we expect to hear from potential overseas participants in the coming months which will hopefully add further variety to the show tickets for the RAF Cosford Show are available to purchase from the selected mid-counties co-ops the RAF Museum at RAF Cosford and Hendon Midlands Air Museum in Coventry and on our website which is www.cosfordairshow.co.uk tickets
1: are £25 per adult
0: with accompanied children under 16 entering for free.
1: It's nice I do th- like the word free. I know, it's, it's also nice to see, Matt, that the Cosford Air Show is going ahead still. Uh, yes absolutely that's a really good I, think, I think
0: to be honest with you the, the major air shows will still go ahead yeah i think i think the only ones that are really going to suffer off with all this um with all this new regulation aren't uh, sad to say it's going to be the smaller air shows that struggle and i'm, I'm really worried about our little our little seething air show yeah. i mean there's there's been no details released as yet but um you know i hope, I hope that still, still goes, goes ahead cause yeah. it's a great little show
1: yeah um, don't forget on the subject of air shows don't forget you guys in the chat room and listening via the uh, audio versions downloaded um, We, me and Matt will be at um, well, we'll be all, hopefully we'll both be as uh, yep. long as Matt can join me uh, yeah I'm no you'll in, definitely be there and I'm, I'm still in talks as, with his, as as uh, his boss um, <laughs> yeah we'll both be at uh, Farnborough and Riyadh being the first air show in July that we'll be at uh, for Riyadh this year and also the following week we'll be at Farnborough uh, yep. I think we're probably going to do both days at Farnborough. and don't forget as well for those of you who should know, because you probably all know that uh, the uh, airline pilot guy crew will uh, be in attendance at at, Farnborough, uh, at Farnborough, yeah. with us. So uh, obviously, uh, me and Matt will be um, you know in awe Hosting, of, the I ABG, word, um, yeah. of the APG of the APG crew, and uh, it'd be nice yeah. if it has been nice if Nick was there as well. But I don't know whether Nick is going to be able to make it to Farnborough. I'm not sure. He might. Uh, He might have some uh, tech issues with the A340. Anyway, that's another story. Uh, Moving (laughs) on. (laughs) There are no more stories. I I, I have a feeling Nick is going to barrage me with some uh, with some nasty tweets soon. And every single nasty tweet will be more than deserved. (laughs) Absolutely. (laughs) Nothing but love for you. My battery is starting to go, Mister Carlos. Right, so we're going to uh, play out some uh, feedback uh, that we received this week, and this is regarding a story that, for those of you who follow us on Facebook, will know that uh, there was the hijacking of uh, of the Egypt Air A320 earlier uh, last week, and uh, which which thankfully ended in uh, you know everything was okay and um, nothing uh, nothing horrible happened. But uh, my anger was at the some of the um, reporting from Sky News. Uh, and Some of the things that were said on Sky News by um, by their reporters, which I think were just totally just so funny and bizarre. It was amazing. Uh, the, the best thing that, um, that, quite rightly, that the feedback here is going to explain is um, uh, them trying to explain about the steps that are welded. Uh, no, I say welded onto the side of the cockpit of the A320 that we use by... Uh, the crew member, to climb down onto the tarmac. For those of you who watched a video on Sky News or on YouTube, will note that uh, there didn't seem to be any steps welded onto the side of the A320. Uh, But we're going to play that feedback for you from Neville Bounds right now.
2: Hi, Carlos and Matt. It's Neville Bounds here. hope you're both doing well. And uh, thank you very much for allowing me onto your podcast the other day. That was a very special moment, and uh, I really appreciate it. That was uh, really good. Thank you. The reason I'm sending you some audio feedback, um, which I was going to do anyway, but in fact it was prompted by the uh, comments you made on your Facebook page about um, poor quality media reporting. Um, This has been a bugbear of mine for for years, but uh, it it doesn't get any better, does it? It just gets worse and worse. Uh, The latest one being uh, regarding the... um, uh, Egyptian uh, A320 um, that got uh, hijacked and was forced to land in Cyprus. Um, the uh, the classic um, media reporting was uh, according to Sky News, the A32200 has steps welded to the side, which allowed the pilot to climb down. That might just have a bit of aerodynamic aerodyma- inefficiency somehow mightn't it? But um, I just it just goes on and on this stuff doesn't it but I thought I would just share with you I mean every time I um, hear an incident I I have to write it down because it's just so chronically bad and uh, I just thought I'd share a couple of them with you uh, that I've seen over the last uh, few years Um, and just well here I'm just gonna read them out I've written them down Um, this is from the BBC A Boeing A320 has had to carry out a missed approach at London Heathrow. That's good, isn't it? The passengers were screaming as the pilot wrestled with the controls and narrowly missed a primary school. Um, There's another one that... um, It was a few years ago actually, in fact it was when Concorde was still operating, Um, But a a newspaper journalist happened to be at uh, Heathrow and he rang BA to say that he'd just seen something fall off of Concorde. It was in fact a Boeing 757. And uh, for our American chums uh, across the pond, uh, the crash of American Airlines uh, flight number 587 in New York was actually reported as an Airbus A3000. That's a, a new model on me, I must say. It just goes on, doesn't it and um I, I don't know when it's going to stop, and I think the biggest the biggest culprits obviously are the rolling news channels you know the sky c n n fox even the b b c uh it's all, nobody seems to be immune from it, and the problem that the media have you know and I work in the media, albeit you know slightly um Uh, disconnected from it really but sort of more behind the scenes rather than in front of the camera or in a journalistic capacity the problem with the media is that they have to get this story out the door at at any cost it seems without any consideration for its accuracy and it has just become laughable now and it's interesting isn't it If, if we're talking about this in an aviation sense the the people that really know about aviation you know, either work in the business or like me, you know, just a keen aviation enthusiast, a little bit to be dangerous, as it were. Um, what about other subjects? What about things like the medical profession? I mean, are they like we are? They're, they're sitting back and listening to a medical story, laughing away because the, the journalists have got it so badly wrong again. Um, it could be any subject you like really, but it 's just a it strikes me that uh, nothing is sort of immune from all of this and it 's a real pity isn 't it because um there 's some certainly some lessons that can be learned from from many of the accidents that that happen, but the quality of the journalism uh, that goes on here is really appalling and uh It just makes my blood boil, I have to say. Um, So I'm sorry for a bit of a rant again, but um, I I do feel really strongly about it. However, there is some light at the end of the tunnel, I'm pleased to say. Um, One of the uh, journalists that does a particularly good job and deals with all the transport uh, stories is a chap called Richard Westcott. And um, Richard's been a journalist on the BBC for quite a while now, but he's a very moderate presenter. He's a very good journalist. Um, his story won't be the first but it'll it'll always be the mo- the most accurate he's a very nice uh, way of presenting, getting all the facts across, there's no speculation in, in what he says at all um, and I think he does a really nice job of that and it's a pity that there aren't more journalists uh, like him around the world um, but I, I'm, I'm really impressed with the quality of what he does and uh, if you want to follow him on Twitter, his handle is at BBC Westcott W-E-S-T C-O-T-T and a very, very good chap he is too I must say I think he's done a, some, some nice work there um, but uh, for the rest of them it just goes on and on doesn't it it never gets any better as i mentioned earlier and i think one of the sad things is that there's no one sort of uh, pulling pulling them up on this although having said that of course twitter now is is quite a good medium for all of us to to really have a go back when we see some sloppy journalism but uh, does it do any good does it improve the quality of journalism? I don't think it does, which is a pity. But um, that's how it is. That's that's the the life we lead, in it, unfortunately. But um, there we go. I just thought I'd share a few of the uh, um, things that I've I've heard over over the last uh, several years. But uh, don't worry, there'll be no shortage of them because uh, every other day, even even the smallest incident, you know, a regular go around of which there's probably, I don't know, thinking about Heathrow, there's, there's probably I don't know. 10 a week maybe more than that you know stuff becomes such a big incident and it's just entirely routinely operational for, for the crews and, and atc and everybody but that's it, it comes across as a, as a major incident but um, anyway hope you enjoyed the uh, the rant and uh thank you very much indeed again for playing it and uh, look forward to speaking with you again soon take care guys cheers
1: oh thank you ever so much for that neville um, yeah that was brilliant. brilliant loved a bit of feedback there and obviously that uh, you know he sees things the way we do you see like everyone else in the chat room is see yeah that, he, he's um, right though isn't journalism... it? journalism I mean,
0: worrying really that you'd think in this day and age that they would have somebody that they could call if you like to make sure the information they're putting out is accurate yeah because not being funny there's enough aviation geeks out there who who would be able to immediately say no that's a picture of the wrong aircraft or, or whatever. I mean, yeah. there's stupid things like you know. I mean, as, as you said at the start, there. I mean, aircraft with steps welded to the side. I mean, it's just <laughs> nonsense, isn't it? I mean, it just. I, I mean, I can't believe that that got past the editor. Do you know, know what I mean?
1: I know. I mean, I mean, to, uh, like I said before, we start the show, Matt. Yeah, you know, their coverage, yeah. their coverage of the whole incident was really good. You know, I'm not going to say yeah. that, that they didn't cover the story really well. No, they did. Uh, um, but you know, if you're going to talk about the technical start side of aircraft yeah. and aviation on a on a big you know just, you know shows such as or big uh, program channels such as Sky News you need to have someone there who knows what he's talking, what they're about. talking about, yeah, um, and then, all...
0: as, as Neville said this is often one of the big problems with the rolling news coverage that you get with Sky and BBC and ITV and all that certainly here and it is a common issue is the fact that you know all right they'll correct it probably in the next bulletin so that incorrect information was probably only published the once before somebody said don't us. but well, it, i suppose i suppose it's the the heat of the moment and you want to get as much information out there as soon as possible so i understand why it happens but you know all it would take is a quick phone call to to like anyone you know me. anyone or who's nick it, who's captain it. nick you know yeah absolutely just give, anyone just sort of, like tweet someone quickly they'll reply immediately and then you don't look stupid do you know what i mean yeah. it's just yeah. a, but, it, uh, it's a
1: shame hopefully you know they'll they'll you know, yeah. try and do things a bit better next time. Um, yeah, indeed. it was just unfortunate they had me watching the uh, the, the report um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, before absolutely. before I was going to work, which meant I was unhappy anyway. But indeed, yeah. Yeah, so, Well, there's always the way forward. Anyway, exactly. it is so, time oh, I'm afraid to wrap be- the show be- up. Before before you go, Matt, in the chat yep. room, uh, Captain Nick uh, has just commented on the video feed from you at the moment, and oh, uh, right. he <laughs> thinks uh, he thinks you look like two hairy silhouettes. Oh,
0: charming. <laughs> <laughs> I'm slightly offended by that. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. It's because the view behind us oh, is much more beautiful. You see, I know. See. What's, what's that? Yeah. But <laughs> no, that is uh,
1: that is what we're going to have to bring, episode 106 to a close of the Plain Talking UK podcast. Sorry it's been a quick show this week, guys, but we will be back to normal programming next week. Um, yep. As you said, unfortunately, I've, I've, I've got to go and have lots of photographs taken of me holding uh, my baby nephews, which is uh, nice. going to be exciting fun, I will say. I I'm imagine. looking forward to that. Imagine
0: so uh, to get in touch with the show you can do it in the usual manners it is e- email is podcast at plain talking uk it's facebook.com forward slash uh, plain talking uk our twitter handle is at plain talking uk
1: and the website www.plaintalkinguk.com yeah don't forget to send us some feedback please uh, whoever is in the chat room now there's loads of you in there yeah. Um, send us some, let's some send feedback. Us, let's have some feedback from you guys. We want to hear. We want to hear what you sound like. You know. Yeah. You know, we know what Milo sounds like. We know. We obviously know what Captain Nick sounds like. We know what Neville really? sounds really? like. Really? Does he do something media related <laughs> yeah. at all? Then? No. He possibly does. Yeah. No, oh, yeah. does he? Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Um, but no, send us some feedback into the show. We want to hear from you. We've got um, we've got some really, really, really exciting stuff in the pipeline um, coming up very soon, which we're going to give you the information about yep. um, nearer the time. Yeah, as soon as we've firmed up all the details. We here. are in. We are in some quite um, uh, interesting conversations with um, well, with some very interesting people in the aviation industry, um, which uh, we're gonna. Like I said, it's gonna be it's gonna be an epic very epic show probably is. Uh, if not bigger than our 100th so uh, <gasps> keep your what? ears open for that <laughs> yes so indeed. on behalf of me and Matt and uh, obviously Rob who's in the uh, studio with me here he's yep. been helping us out this morning well done Rob thank you very much for uh, joining us but no Gakes thanks everyone air, bless him, yeah he's done really well today uh, we were um, yeah him top top
0: and, and from my personal thanks to uh, James, who's sitting to my right here, who's been keeping me topped up with coffee throughout today's broadcast. Very hard, indeed. He's so, uh, thanks
1: good. to everyone in jo- in the chat room who's joined us today. There's loads and loads of people in the chat room. It's been a really busy day today in the chat room. So, thanks to all you guys for getting up early and taking the time out because some of you, some of the people in the chat room, are not uh, uh, local to the UK. They're all around thanks. the world. Um, silly but, times. Yeah, I know. but So thanks for joining <laughs> us today. Don't forget to keep your eyes open on Facebook for the links for the next show for next, yep. uh, for next weekend. And, uh, yeah, join me and Matt again in the uh, kitchen studio. We're going to try and get a guest on for next week. Um, yep. uh, I've been in conversation with uh, the said person uh, via Twitter. We're going to get him on next week, so fingers crossed. And, uh, yeah, it'll be another great show next week. So from me, Carlos, here in Matt's conservatory studio. Uh, yes. I'm going to say a big goodbye. And from you, Matt. And from us here. Uh, from and From the beautiful Loctay. Uh, it is
0: uh, very much a, a beautiful goodbye. So goodbye, everyone. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.